Well, hello. Thank you very much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Let's have a look at what we got up to this weekend. Jed Shears pops in to tell us about his new solo album, Last Man Standing. Louise Redknapp celebrates her new Greatest Hits album. Catherine Parkinson is in a new ITVX romantic comedy, Significant Other. Show chef Martha celebrates Pride Month. And as if that wasn't enough, Maria's got a handful of your dilemmas to solve in Graham's Guide. <gasps> Why, here she is now. <laughs> Hello. Oh, good morning, Graham. Happy World Bicycle Day. Is it? Yeah, who knew? Who knew? You did know. I did, I got I brought my Brompton in today because there was a sign saying that uh, London Bridge Station, the bike park, was going to be closed. Turns oh. out open. Open. Oh, yeah. that's annoying. But your Brompton, you're loving. I know. Well, I we did have, have to. Have I did have to. I did have to look up a YouTube video <laughs> to try and unfold it this morning before I left. <laughs> <laughs> you are the people in W1A taking longer to unfold it and fold it up than it would have done to get a taxi. It was the it was um, the but, saddle. It was the saddle was my problem. I forgot about the saddle. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, oh, very oh, good. They're on it this morning. Mm. Excellent! My goodness. Talk I'm, about dogs. There'll be some barking that. in a minute. Yeah. You know, sometimes people say we're a bit London-centric, Graham. Yeah. I just have to say, there's a wonderful festival going on. Our good friend Ronnie Graham um, told me it's the Wildhood Festival. Is it in London? Tullable... No. Oh, I'm no. not interested. It, it's in Tullable <laughs> Castle in Kinross in Scotland, and it's for under-12s, kids under-12s. So many activities, and it raises lots of money for all sorts of charities on today and tomorrow. If you're in the Kinross area in Scotland, there, I said it. Yeah, well done you. I know someone's going to a barbecue in Glasgow. Maybe they can make a diversion. Uh, it'd be lovely, yeah. It's quite a long way away from there. I, my geography isn't that good. Hey, um, Maria, how was your Maria, week Maria, been? Maria, yes, Maria, what? Maria, yes, Maria. Maria. Uh, guess what? Guess what? I've got something to recommend in London. <laughs> Go on. Uh, no, went to see it last night. Um, Brokeback Mountain. It's at the Soho Place Theatre, I think it's called. Yeah, Soho Place Theatre. It's the theatre version of the film. Yes. It is the theatre uh, version of the of the short story. That's what it is. Right. It's all based right. on the, the uh, Annie Peru short story. And it is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Mike Faced and Lucas Hedges play the, the guys. And uh, Eddie Reader is kind of this balladeer. So it's not a musical. It's, a, it's this really quiet... It's a play with music. Yeah. And it was really quiet, gorgeous play. And then Eddie Reader is almost like the soundtrack with these new songs. And... Uh, it's it's a, kind of a slow burn. When I started, I thought, oh, this isn't going to be moving. I'm never going to cry. Oh, oh, oh yes, it was. <laughs> it, it did get but me. You, it you did get me. You do cry at the drop of a hat. Well, I at the drop of a cowboy hat, apparently. Uh... Hey, well done. <laughs> Graham Norton is on it this morning as well. I've got to up my game. I must up my game. Hey, I've got a good recommendation on the Netflix. Oh, yes. It's quite mad, Graham, but I think it'll be up your strata. It's called Mer People. <laughs> and it's all about the professional, get this, professional mermaids and men and non-binary people. And it's quite the most extraordinary thing. I mean, who knew? No, my careers officer never said, well, judging by your exam results, I'm thinking hairdresser or mermaid. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing Florida. 
Is, is this where they kind do it? Kind of. Well, it's all over America. There was a lovely park in the 50s and 60s called Wiki Tachi. No, Wacky Wiki. Something like that. A, a natural spring. But, you know, they really suffer. It's a bit like free diving. You know, you have to take a big gulp of breath and then the oxygen thing, you have to go and take it. And you wave to all the little girls and where the mermaid tails cost up to £20,000. They're all high-tech. There's a Mer-Taylor. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah, I get, I get Mr. it, yeah. Mr. Mer-Taylor. And then the people that are a bit sort of iffy with um, questionable interest in mermaids are called merverts. <laughs> <laughs> You, Are you getting the is this is this all so that I'll get you a myrtle for uh, it would be it would be two Christmases two birthdays I think if I get you a myrtle Oh my goodness well how You'd be can the I talk of Hastings <laughs> What's that No there are there's a big group in Hastings that do it but I tend to think it's all people who are slightly nutty and the and, and the mer people does kind of confirm that but you know the freedom of the water and the Anyway, I've I've plugged it enough. It's on Netflix if anybody wants to watch it. But is it, it is it a documentary? Yes, okay. it is. <laughs> Cuz yes. it sounds it's like it would make a, a better drama. <laughs> well, yes. And in the first episode, um I think the title is No Mermaids Must Die. That ha that's how <laughs> That's how you get the gist of how dangerous it is and difficult and you have to be of sound mind and indeed body. Yes, and of huge lungs capacity. Yeah. But don't yeah. they I think don't that you can I know in America there are some bars where you sit you sit at the bar and then there are kind of mer people in big tanks behind the bar and they wave yes, at you and yeah. Yes. My goodness, you are so worldly. It doesn't seem a great worldly, use of your time. <laughs> But it's pretty, and they do nice things, and you know. But I it's know, all, for but... all shapes and sizes. There's a there's a larger lady mer people thing, struggling to get into the tails quite hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, it's fascinating. I is it? it I, I tire of our mermaid talk. Let's get to some problems. Virgin Radio. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm laughing at you. I, I was channeling. I was channeling my heartbroken cowboy. <laughs> oh yes, with a cowboy hat. Yeah. Here's the first problem. Dear Graham and Maria, I live alone in a ground floor flat. My upstairs neighbour is a junior doctor. She clearly works night shifts, which means she works late. Lots of nights between ten and midnight, I can hear her stomping about and dragging her chair across the floor. While I respect her career and appreciate that she can't pick her work pattern, stop laughing, all this noise wakes me up and disrupts my life. Technically, in the terms of the lease, she should have carpet. I don't want to cause a fuss, but I was thinking she could at least put some floor pads on her chairs. How do I address this without appearing too uppity? And that is from Kayla in Peterborough. Ah, oh, Graham, the perennial upstairs flat noise mm -hmm. situation. It comes and goes. We live in an overcrowded world. We all have to learn how to live together, Kayla, in Peterborough. That's what I will say. Now, the second thing is befriend your upstairs neighbour, uh, not in an uppity way. Just befriend her, have her down for drinks, you know me and my cake, some nibbles, um, and just chat about it. Say all these flats, you know, the noise, blah, blah, blah. Maybe get some little chair pads. Say, oh, while you're here, look, I have these on my chairs. I mean, has she only got one chair that she has to drag it around the place? This is a bit 
a bit worrying, but you could say, here's some little pads, you try that. Then, you know, once you're friendly, people are normally, they want harmony. They don't want to cause a fuss. Um, you could suggest perhaps some rugs. But in the great scheme of things, Kayla in Peterborough, she's not playing, you know, heavy drum and bass. She's not having thousands of people around. She's not staying up until four in the morning. It disrupts your life. You know, life is disruptive. There will be things that will annoy you forever. If it's not the chair scraping, it'll be something else. It'll be, you know, hearing the front door banging or something. You have to try and be zen about the fact that we are all sharing this world together. Um, but do try and make friends with her. That is, I think, my, my main thing. Make friends with her. Leave the upper tea at home. Don't have Mrs. Upper Tea around and just be nice and suggestive. Yeah. Suggest yeah, suggest some nice things. Yeah, what don't do you be think, don't Rose? be suggestive. <laughs> no, don't, no, no, don't be suggestive. Ooh, that will make things Come worse. drag my chair. <laughs> <laughs> I like that as a phrase. Mm, she really dragged my chair. <laughs> the truth isn't it that thing though where I think Kayla has now now she's just lying in bed. Waiting, waiting to hear every little thing. Oh, her fridge has started. The fridge motor's gone on now. And, you know, because she's not stomping, she's walking. She's not dragging, she's moving. Like, she's not doing anything that terrible up there. But the trouble is, Kayla now hears everything mm. and will never unhear it. Even if she gets carpet up the wazoo, it's go she's still going to hear every little creak and crunch and drawer, everything that's going on up there. Um, I mean, yeah. uh, Kayla... I think carpet up the wazoo is illegal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the council will come round. Yeah. Um, I would invest in some proper, proper, proper wax uh, earplugs. And oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yes. And put them in and then shut up about it. <laughs> but do you think that they, she should, you know, make friends with her, try and mention Well, it the only you? thing I, mean, I did think was... It's always good to make friends what, with your neighbours anyway. Yeah, but one night... And then night, you don't feel quite so bad about their stomp if you like them and you know them. But maybe one night when she knows her neighbour is on A&E, she could go in suffering from sleep deprivation and uh, bring up the subject that way. And... <laughs> <laughs> Or sneaking when she's not there and put the pads on yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually carpet no. the whole flat while she's out. No, yes. no, I didn't see anyone. <laughs> Re-carpet in a very garish colour. Um, but I, I, the bottom line, Kayla, is you because this woman isn't behaving in an unreasonable way, you've just got to find some way to kind of jog along together because, you know, she's a doctor and also, it doesn't matter what she does, really. You're allowed to make some noise between 10 and midnight. Not noise, even. You're allowed to exist in your flat between 10 and midnight. Yeah, that's not against the, the, the kind of the rules or the etiquette of being a good neighbour. So I no. think it's up to you, Kayla, to kind of soundproof yourself and soundproof your flat because, you know, she's not doing anything terrible. So you, you just also, need to find a way know, to live with her. You're right, Graham. It is that thing of becoming hyper aware. Oh, my gosh, she's put the washing machine on, you know, this, that, the other. Because you're now just waiting. So try and, you know, meditate your way out of it because she's just existing in the same way that you're existing in your flat. We don't know if you've got a basement neighbour. They may be furious with you, Kayla. Yeah. I mean, that is the other thing she could do is just move to a higher floor in a different building. <laughs> 
Then it'll be the seagulls. We'll have Sammy the seagull back. <laughs> oh, yes, on her on her roof. There's a seagull walking on my roof early in the morning. Uh, if you I prefer any... the dragging chair. <laughs> no, not a seagull with a chair. The responses, part one. My favourite responder today will be getting a bottle of <gasps> San Leo Prosecco, D.O.C. It's wine of Italy, suitable for vegetarians. Mm. Uh, Prosecco, white Italian wine Prosecco Is a very popular Italian sparkling wine Enjoyed in Venice and all over the world <laughs> I think they dragged Venice into it What did Venice do? <laughs> yeah, we're in Italy, people drink Prosecco Yeah, back off uh, It's aromatic, bouquet, fresh fruity flavour And gentle mousse <gasps> Making an ideal aperitif For parties and everyday celebrations Just add some fresh peach juice To enjoy a delicious Bellini cocktail See? Prosecco and a recipe. There you go. San Leo Prosecco, courtesy of Waitrose. Mel from Essex says, Kayla needs to buy a fan for her bedroom. OK. This will provide white noise and stop her hearing the other noises. I have an ADHD teenager who's up all hours and is not quiet, but I hear nothing. And a weird, a Mick producer was saying, producer Mick was saying, uh, he swears by this as well. It works. The noise of the fan somehow puts you to sleep and stops you hearing anything. It's like, I guess, like people who live near a railway and things like that, where you just, yeah, the noise stops the other noises. Uh, Kayla would do well to pop in ear pods of some sort and listen to a calming sleep app if she awakes. It will block out the sound of the neighbours and help her sleep. That's from Annie in Wiltshire. The trouble is, when you sleep, ear pods fall out, don't they? And the, yeah, and you wake up and, you know, they're up your nose or some are worse. I had a friend who had new neighbours move in downstairs with a new baby. They came to introduce themselves with the baby one morning and whilst he didn't say anything about the crying and noise at night, he was very surprised when they gifted him a £20 next voucher for slippers as he was apparently stomping around upstairs. Uh, Kayla could also try passive-aggressive gifting. Thanks, Miles and Tooting. That's a good idea. £20 next voucher. You'd buy some nice slippers for that, wouldn't you? Mm, Lovely. Very comfy. Uh, the poor woman upstairs, this is Claire in Norfolk, regular correspondent. The poor woman upstairs is probably just getting her own back for being kept awake when she's trying to sleep during the day. I'm a fellow NHS shift worker and have to wear decent earplugs when trying to sleep. I suggest you do the same. If you ever require medical or emergency assistance at night, you may just feel a little sheepish. Uh, thank you very much, Claire. And guess what, Claire? Uh, because you are a f- NHS shift worker, uh, what tell you I help you sleep? A bottle of San Leo Prosecco. Get that down, yeah, for breakfast. <laughs> Bit of orange juice. There you go. That's breakfast. And uh, <sighs> quite tired now. Uh, well done. Graham's guide. Oh yeah, Graham. This one is in a slightly similar vein to our problem one. So here we go. Dear Graham and Maria. My partner and I bought our first home together 15 months ago. We love the house which we renovated and the location is idyllic. The dilemma, however, is this. Parked directly opposite our house is the most hideous eyesore of a battered old caravan. Since moving in, we discovered it belonged to a neighbour. When we first moved in, I exchanged pleasantries with the neighbour and eventually broached the subject of the caravan. I asked if they had any trips planned and she replied saying they haven't used it for years and they don't intend to. She admitted it was in a sorrowful state and would consider selling it for £500. 
Surprise, surprise, nothing has come of it. And I am fed up of staring at this eyesore, seen from every window in our house. I once asked if she could move it for extra parking space. And she replied saying, this part of the road was not technically ours. We don't have a legal leg to stand on, as that side of the road is not owned, and the council will have nothing to do with it, since the road is unadopted. We have taken it upon ourselves, oh hello, to clean it, so it looks a little less tatty. But at this point, we are now sick of the sight of it, what should we do? And that is from Christina Gavin in Yorkshire, or Christina and Gavin in Yorkshire. Well, Christina, you know, a bit like problem one, really will always be something you've bought a lovely house you've renovated it and it's actually not the house that's annoying you it's a caravan over the road don't look at it just turn your face away from it because there will always be something it could be barking dogs it could be trampolining children it could be wild parties you know it's just you just have to change the mindset and turn it into, you know, your lovely home. This is life. There will always be an ugly caravan. There will be an empty field with an annoying cow in it. You know, we will find something. On the other hand, you could always, I mean, £500 for the caravan doesn't sound too bad, even for spares, etc. Or somebody put it in their garden and paint it and have it as a spare room. Um, she, she obviously knows now that you've cleaned it. So this has become an issue. Oh, they've cleaned the caravan now. They've cleaned the caravan. How dare they touch our property? You know, you're in danger here. So um, you could offer, if you are still on good terms with her, to put it up online yourself for her if maybe she's not technical enough and see say you know lovely caravan sale needs a little bit of dlc blah 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 500 pounds uh because 500 pounds in the great scheme of things is not that much i mean you buy it and then have it junked or something if you've got the money because I just don't think, as you say, you haven't got a legal leg to stand on. This is an, an unadopted road. Most councils don't want to do anything, let alone deal with an old caravan. So I just feel that repaint it. <laughs> well, paint slogans but don't on it. You think, I don't know. Graham, what well, do you think? Well, I just sort of think, Christina, every morning should just thank the heavens above that this... This is the problem it's in her all, life. I know. It's like, a bit first world problem. You should be so happy. I remember realising how lovely my life was when uh, I, I clocked how upset I was when my Christmas tree fell over. And I thought, wow, <laughs> my life is pretty sweet <laughs> that uh, this has upset me this much. So, you know. I want to know how your Christmas tree fell over. What happened? I was was put, it the dog? It was put up badly. <laughs> That, that's oh. what. That's why, who put it up? Who put it up? Why I oughta? I can't remember now. I just remember. I just remember it was a, a good wake up call for me to realise how charmed my existence is. And I would say the same Indeed. to you, Christina. Your life is lovely. You've got this great house in a, an idyllic location, and you've renovated yourself. You're very, very happy. So if this, if a caravan parked across the road is the biggest bit of grit in your oyster. Just be thrilled with yourselves. Just hug each other and do a little dance of joy that that's the bad thing in your life. Because 
it's amazing. You you have one of the nicest lives going on in the United Kingdom right now if this is the worst thing that's in it. So, uh, yeah. I agree. I do agree with you, Graeme. You're absolutely right. What about getting, though, one of those kind of hoarding things that you can get, you know, that they take around saying, uh, you know, advertising, and you get somebody to come and do a trompe loy on a sort of <laughs> painting on the side of this hoarding of what what was what's behind the caravan so you know a bucolic scene with trees painted and birds twittering and so on and you just put that hoarding in front that will probably cost you far more than 500 yes i would buy the caravan from them well and then do something yourself with it well Sell i know it yourself i know you what you want to do thousand. you want christina to buy well, that caravan bring it into her garden uh, <laughs> paint it in some in some shade or other and then have it as a little garden room but in fact it will just rot in their garden instead of across the road and that that'll be the end of it uh, christina I, I this i mean i understand i do understand that this is annoying you but equally you must understand how not annoying it is so uh, yes you you must understand that there are greater things to worry about in the world. But it is all the small things, Graham, and everything is relevant and everything has a solution. Sometimes you have to chuck a bit of money to find a solution. Sometimes you have to fall out with people. I would not recommend that. They're your neighbours. Keep them on side. Try and sort of, you know, deal with it together with a laugh and a joke. I really like the idea of painting it and having it somewhere. How big is your garden, Christina? Or how big is yours, Maria? Would you like a caravan? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I would. Where is she? Oh, she's quite a long way away. Um, I would like a caravan. That would make me very happy indeed. Can you imagine how eye-rolly the neighbours are? Like when they when you, when they saw Christina, her husband, washing their caravan, can you imagine just be looking out the kitchen window, going, "Oh, for God's sake, look at what look what they're doing now." Um, you, oh. no, I find that a very passive aggressive act to wash caravan. I'd say aggressive aggressive. <laughs> Yeah, or an aggressive-aggressive. But they thought they were doing something nicer to make it better. But what they were doing was saying to the neighbours, this is how much we hate this. We're giving up our Saturday to not wash our car like normal people, boring people. But we are washing a caravan that doesn't even belong to us. I think paint it. Paint it next. Turn it into something lovely. No, the trouble is Christina's now turned... What she's done is she's turned her idyllic, lovely place where she lives into a kind of war zone now between her and the neighbour. It's... it's You've weaponized this caravan, isn't it? You really have. It's the human condition to not see the good, not see the uh, idyllic surroundings, not see the lovely gardens, not see the trees, not see the beautiful work you've done on your house, but to see this caravan and to take time to write to us. And we're not being very sympathetic. Sorry. No, no. My advice, shut up about it. Their response is part two. And again, my favourite responders will be getting a bottle of San Leo Prosecco DOC, courtesy of Waitrose. It's enjoyed in Venice and all over the world. That's all I know. Uh, Karen in Hereford. I like Karen in Hereford. She's already just going, oh, for goodness sake, just buy the caravan. <laughs> Move it on as you like. Put friends and relatives in there when they visit, if that's suitable for them. Just, just stop talking to Karen in Hereford about it. Karen in Hereford wants no more about this. Ashley's in Cobham, Missouri. We had a similar problem to the caravan I saw. It was a massive aerial. Neighbour was a CB radio fanatic. <laughs> Oh, love the UK. We planted a tree in our garden and let it grow so tall to hide it. 
We'll get a letter now from someone going, there's a terrible tree in our neighbour's garden casting a shadow. Uh, well done, Ashley. Uh, uh, Kate is in glorious Gosford. Oh, lovely. There's a park there. Graham is right about the charmed life of these folks. Also, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. Well, put that in a tea towel and smoke it. There you go. Thank you very much, Kate. Andy Phillips, what does he say? Get a friend to buy the caravan and give them the money to do so. Oh, that's good. Then then the neighbour doesn't know that you bought it. OK. Uh, then sell it yourself. You may even make a small profit. It doesn't sound like it. Uh, the neighbours would not need to know you were involved. That's not a bad plan. But I'm... Uh, <laughs> Andy and Saint-Pierre, caravan issue, set light to it. Uh, that's not advice. <laughs> that's a crime of some sort, I'm sure. Uh, no, Andy... <laughs> Yeah, I'll give Andy the Prosecco. No, Andy, no, you're not getting the Prosecco. Very, very bad advice. I'm going to give the Prosecco to Andy Phillips because that's uh, that's smart thinking. Yeah, but essentially, I mean, the bottom line is just, you know, if you're that bothered with it, just rustle up 500 quid and get rid. I mean, the solution is there for the picking. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. It is a warm welcome back to Virgin Radio for Jake Shears. Good Hello. morning. Hi. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled to see you, but sorry to drag you in because uh, you did a big gig last night. Had a big gig last night. I mean, you could hear it in my voice a little bit. Uh, just been <laughs> hoofing it pretty hard. But yeah, played uh, played Village Underground last night. It was truly one of my favourite shows I've ever gotten to play. Like, it was Magical. Well, Virgin's own Steve Denier was there last night and he gave me a glowing review this morning. He said it was amazing. Great. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, I'm so lucky to be there's a, I just had a lot of amazing people with me on stage last night. By the end, it's very much like a circus vibe. There's all kinds of characters up there with me. So it was really But fun. what Steve, what Steve was saying <laughs> in his review was that, um, he, you must be so fit because he said you came out of the blocks, were immediately kind of dancing yeah. full out, and yet yeah. voice didn't falter. Uh, <sighs> I, I, do you kind of do you get kind of match ready for these? Things? I have to prepare, like I've been preparing for months because you just want to. You've got to be able to get out on stage and not be running out of breath, right? Because I do like to run around, and I like to dance, and I like to, and I've got to be singing a lot. Yeah. And like, if you do get caught. You know, you have to temper your movement sometimes to be like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to not be able to breathe through this next yeah. line or whatever. So you really have to, like, be focused on it. So I've got to prep for it. Yeah. And you don't have many ballads to fall back on to kind of <laughs> I'm going to have a rest now yeah, no, while I sing my sad slow number. Especially in this show. I haven't put any in. So no. The whole thing is relentless. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is called Last Man Dancing. Yes. And it is full on. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. when you do it, because when I listen to the album, one side of the album is kind of like, it's almost like a single track. It all kind of... Yeah, everything the second half of it yeah, is... Everything bleeds into everything else. Yeah, it's kind so of a trip. When you perform that, do you, are you, in your head, can you break it down into tracks? Well, well you know, there's, of course, all the, all the fun pop songs that we all know and stuff from Scissors I Sing and whatnot, but there are blocks of the show that just start flowing. So there's like a 20-minute segment in the show that just builds with like where the songs don't have seams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's really exciting to play. <laughs> and what do you do? Because on the album, one of the kind of... The, the bits where you go, what? Is when Jane Fonda shows up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you just play that in or do, does that not happen? Not not yet in the show. Got, Come on, Jane. Ian McKellen's in the show with Invisible Light. We've got, well, his, oh. his vocal is still, is oh, still in there right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. one day I'll mix the two of them together. And how, did you just bump into Jane Fonda? Do you know Jane Fonda? Uh, we met about a 
over a decade ago, I met her. It was my birthday. I was with Vivian Bond at Carrie Fisher's opening night of Wishful Drinking on Broadway. A lot of good names there. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. And I remember I was sitting there with Vivian. We were sitting in this chair, and I, I said to Vivian, I said, if we don't walk over there right now and introduce ourselves to Jane Fonda, we are going to regret it for the rest of our lives. And we stood up, we walked across the room and introduced ourselves to Jane Fonda, and we became friends. Um, wow. Her son was with her, with his wife, and they were fans of mine. And then she invited me to go to Atlanta for National Workout Day, and I worked out with her and Richard Simmons on a <laughs> so in an arena in front of like hundreds of housewives. It was amazing. Then she came to Paris and saw Scissor Sisters, and like you know, she'd throw these these Thursday night parties at her house in L.A. and Hollywood and Beverly Beverly Hills that were spectacular parties. It would be like 25, 30 people. People would DJ off of their phones, and it would be the most. It, just cra- it would be like Al Pacino and Rod Stewart and Melanie Griffin, just the cra- you know like a cast of characters. It was so fun with Jane walking around in yeah. like a black cat suit with like <laughs> her dog, you know, under her arm. Like it was, uh, they were unbelievable. But so I'm listening to that. And I'm thinking, wow, you have access to all of that in America. Why on earth do you live here? <laughs> like, um, like, because you, what is it about you that you vibe with the UK? Uh, you know, Sister Sisters did, but so do you. What is what is it about your upbringing, your past, or your musical taste, or something that you you're such a strong fit for the UK? I think it's the, I I just think the UK is just loves music in this sort of consolidated, amazing way, and is like open to music and loves live performance. Uh, there's just a passion for it here that I just think is unmatched anywhere. It's just not the same in America. I mean, people love gigs, people love festivals, you know, yeah. whatever. But like, it's not like it is here. And like, I don't know. I just really feel like I can be myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. my whole self here. And did you did you record all of this album here? I recorded it in uh, Laguna, Los Angeles, New Orleans, uh, London, New York, Lisbon. Uh, recorded all over the world. All right, Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long, you know, this this record was, it was it was a lot to, to put together. It took about three years, you know, because we had the, the pandemic, of course, and yeah, it's yeah. just harder to, you know, it, it, it was a challenge, but it, it took me a long time to make this record, but I definitely put a lot of care and thought into it. <laughs> but it is a big up dance album. It's, yeah. It's, I, when I was making it, I was like, what if, you know, all my records have ballads and, you know, these sort of sentimental, soulful moments on it. And I was just like, what if I just didn't do any of that yeah. and just made it a... And in fact, the, the record just escalates. It really it's does. relentless. Yeah. I mean, if you can make it to the end, I, I like to say, like, <laughs> the end is, like, not for everybody. Like, it really goes, like, off the rails. And, and But it seems to, you seem to kind of have hit the mood of the moment. Like, people are loving this. The respect. Bonds has just blown my mind. It's just like, it makes me so happy. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I've just gotten, people are, seem to really be genuinely loving it. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, yeah. I, I didn't, Is this your second solo album? Or second, second solo album. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the first one was very different. The first yeah. one was, was uh, honky-tonk, rock and roll, southern, sort of New Orleans-y, Kentucky do you vibe. do you now work outside of like do you do you basically make all the decisions with like, the solo stuff? Yeah, yeah. So you kind of go, no, there was one side of this album is going to be a single track. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, yeah. Somebody, no label would let you do. No, well, it's great because I mean, Mute signed this record, which I, I mean, I'm so it's an honor to be on Mute. I mean, it's an incredible, an incredible label that's got so much great history. But, but yeah, I don't. 
you know, I don't have to, I don't know. I try not to worry about having hits or anything and just making, I love to, I just want to make stuff that I love yeah. and that really perks my own ears up stuff that I want to hear. Oh, listen, I've, I've, before I want to talk about Tammy Faye, but before that, let's talk about some of your summer dates because you're like doing Glastonbury. Glasto, yeah. Is second time doing Glastonbury? Third. 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 Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. I never, I was like, am I going to ever play Glasto again? Playing Glasto. Uh, the Avalon stage Saturday night, 8 p.m. It's gonna be oh, a, that's big. It's gonna it? be yeah. a blast. It's gonna be so fun. So that's on the 24th. Uh, you're also doing bits of the Duran Duran Arena tour. Just did, just did the Duran Duran oh, Arena that's tour. Finished. Yeah, I'm forget gonna, it. So much. We'll fun. never talk about it again. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I just but playing festivals this summer. Playing um, uh, Splendor, and Nottingham, and uh, you know Bristol Pride, and. You know, and if you want to find out where Jake is playing to get tickets, you can go to jakeshears, all in word, dot com. You'll get all the info there for uh, tickets. And, and follow me on Instagram. Yeah, do yeah, that too. It's a great yeah. way to keep updated with, yeah, with my great. stuff. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I should have thought of that. That's so, a really good Sometimes, idea. you know, yeah. I take there'll my shirt pictures. off. There'll be pictures and things. Uh-huh. And yeah. yeah. But just the shirt. That's, it. that's all. It's Instagram. Come on. Don't go crazy. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, Tammy Faye. Yes. Uh, which was, again, I guess, because you, you were doing that at the same time as making this album. Yes. That's yeah. A, that, to, to have all that in your head at the same time is incredible. Making a musical is, uh, yeah, I made this musical called Tammy Faye that uh, we had, did at the Almeida for like six weeks weeks you came and saw it it's uh, amazing thank it is, you it has hit written all over it thing, i i am so proud of it and we spent like 10 years you know making it and uh it was just a real joy but yeah making a musical is just a whole beast of a of a it's a beast yeah, yeah, yeah. but a fun one but it's just the amount of people that all have to have all their cylinders firing and everybody being on the same page it's just Wow. And so when, when you do get to that opening night, when the lights do go down and you've got the crowd there, you just, it's one of the most sad, uh, beautiful, I mean, I just Or depressing. Burst. No. <laughs> like, it must be like, you know, a lot of people work on a musical for 10 years and yeah. the lights go down and stay down. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's lovely because it's a hit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it just, it, 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 I was so proud of it. It was just a very yeah. satisfying feeling. But yeah, I can imagine like there could, you know, you could also be very And can you tell sad. us anything about the life of it? Because it, it must have a life. Um, yeah, there there are there are plans, and you know we won two Olivier's. Our, two of our actors won Olivier Zubin-Farla, uh, Katie Braben won Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and and yeah, it's going to go on to have a life. You know, knock on wood, but there's there's plans. Oh, I I so hope it does because it so deserves to. Thank it, you. It is terrific. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, do you think a life in America first, or will it go to the West End? First? Oh, I can't quite. I can't. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I'm turning to working journalist Graham Norton. Yeah, tell me everything. But it, it, there are plans. I can say that. Okay, there yeah. are plans. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Tammy Faye, it's very, very good. Uh, so Tammy Faye is coming somewhere. Uh, Last Man Dancing is the album that is out now. Uh, the uh, single you just heard uh, that is also out now. And if you want tickets and information for Jake Shears, you go to jakeshears.com. Jakeshears.com. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go and lie down with a wet rag on your head because uh, <laughs> I can only imagine. They, yeah, no, it'll, I'll be, I'm glad I get a rest day today. But it's been so lovely coming in here and talking to you. I always, I love to oh, see you. Well, it's You're so the nice best. to see you. No, it's you, a... you, you. Uh-huh. Thank you for uh, having me. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Here comes Louise. Hello. Hey. <laughs> uh, Louise Redknapp has just released her brand new Greatest Hits album. Came out yesterday. Yep. Uh, same day as Jake Shears. And also... Uh, a la Jake Shears, uh, you did a big gig this week. Was it yes. Thursday night? Thursday night, yep. 
Shepherd's Bush Empire, kind of looking back over three decades, which is like a worry, 30 years anniversary. Isn't that crazy? I know, I know. I still feel pretty young, but apparently I'm not anymore. Well, no, no, <laughs> what you were was you were a child. I was literally a child when I started. Well, I mean, because I, I was reading, there's a thing in The Guardian today. I think it's The Guardian or The Times, yeah. one of those things. And you're talking about, uh, what, you're 15 and you're walking down the street. Yeah, 15, just turning 16, walking down the street and some sort of bouncers from this club said, girls, do you want to come in? And us being 15-year-old girls was like, absolutely, if we're allowed in. Yeah, we are definitely old enough. And Dennis Inglesby was in there, who was A&R at Polydor Records. And he was with Pete Tong before Pete was, you know, the Pete Tong we know and love now. Yeah. Um, he was just DJing in the Milk Bar all those years ago and he was there. With him. And what did he... He just saw you dancing and thought you'd look and then... He, because he kind of known you could sing. No, he's, yeah. He just said to me, is there any chance you can sing? Um, I was like, yeah. I, I actually... I went to stage school. It's what I wanted to do. So I must have just been having the time of my life with the music, dancing away to C.C. Peniston, you know, finally or something. <laughs> <laughs> One of the songs I was loving at that moment in time. And... Um, yeah, and, and but he he was really good because I went home, told my parents. They were like, first of all, why was you in a nightclub? And secondly, why are you giving anybody your number, especially a grown man? Um, and I said, no, honestly, it's all legit. Rang him and he was genuinely A&R Records. And he spoke to my mum and dad and came down. So he did everything yeah, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. by the book. You know, it's all above board, but it was exciting. And everyone kind of, everyone does remember Eternal. Yeah. But I think what people don't remember is how huge Eternal were. Like, you were massive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what it is when they turn around and say things like, you know, you look at record sales now and they say, oh, that first year just in the UK alone, we did 1.5 million hard copies of that first album. I <laughs> know, it's crazy. Like, most people <laughs> must have had access to that album. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a lot of people. They yeah. actually walked into the shops and bought it. It's sort of not now where we press a little button on our phone and yeah, get yeah, a few yeah. songs that we like. So, um, yeah, Eternal was a big deal. It really was. And, you know, and, and America, you know, Eternal was yep. in America and everything. Yeah, you know, 10 over there and stay and sort of, yeah, we did a world tour. You know, I, was, it was, I look back now with memories and you don't really realise when you're in it. And I look back now and think the gigs we played and the things we achieved as a band were pretty incredible. And yeah. it's so different to how music is out now. And in that interview, you were saying how actually the four of you stayed kind of separate while you were in it you never you never quite bonded in that way that you imagine you know from the outside looking in you kind of think the three of you were thrust into that that yeah. would be such a that would be such a kind of glue but in fact there wasn't much glue i think you've got it like so me and kelly were at school together so we're always close and, yeah. and friends um but i think it's like one of those things it's you're away a lot you're working a lot your schedule's crazy and you're you're all there together but at the same time i think it's really important that you all have your lives as well which is really hard when you're young and in a band and you barely get a day off. So and also you don't know what your life is. No, and you're exactly. I hadn't really built a life for myself. Yeah. That, that was my life. I, I didn't really have a life outside of being in Eternal at all. And yeah. I think back in the 90s to be in the pop music sort of industry, I'm not sure you had a life or you were allowed a life at that stage. You were just... A product. You really were. In, yeah. But in a good way. I, I don't complain about that at all because without all of that hard work and that effort put in, I most probably wouldn't be still, you know, sat here yeah, today yeah, yeah. talking about music. But then you make that big decision and you go solo. Yeah. So, like, did people tell you 
who Louise Redknapp was as a solo artist or did you figure it out? You know what I mean? <laughs> because because it, as you say, you were so young. Yeah. You just had that experience of Eternal. So how did you how did you find out, you know, what music do I want to do? All that sort of stuff. I, I feel that it took time. If I'm really honest, I, I'd love to say, oh, no, I had a really clear vision. I didn't. I sat there with, um, you know, the MD of EMI Records and he said, well, you've got a five album deal. I said, look, I'm really homesick. I'm really struggling to travel to the length that we are. I was, you know, still in my late teens, um, early 20s. And he said, well, are you called to still honour your five album deal, but do it on your own? I was like, oh, so I went and bought a bagel, called my mum. I was like, mum, what do you reckon? Um, and I think I think then it was the departure from being in Eternal and it was at that real pop sort of princess era where you can big pop songs, big videos. And I'd say if really on Heavy Love and even maybe the new tracks now on The Greatest Hitch, I feel that I'm finally making music that I actually really love, like Super Magic. I love that song. I love a bass and funky guitar. So I feel like I'm just, almost it's taken me this long to go, right, I know exactly what I want to do. Uh, we, we should also mention, you, you know, you mentioned you went to stage school and weirdly that's come around again because you were in the West End. Yes, yeah. So I opened up in Greece last night at the Dominion. So was that your opening night? Opening night last oh, night, wow. yeah. And the Dominion is such a great theatre. I forgot how amazing it's and huge it was. massive, isn't it? So big. Yeah. I, do you know, I the, the gig for The Greatest Hits on the Thursday, I was nervous, but I was excited, nervous. Last night at Greece, I really felt the pressure. After all these years, I really <laughs> felt nervous. I thought, God, I've not had nerves like this in years. Just I stand at the right of a really like tall staircase in this very, you know, like get up of a teen angel with wings, thigh high boots in silver glitter. I mean, I couldn't get camper. <laughs> Seriously, there is no more camp that could go on in this particular number. And um, yeah, I was nervous, but it went good. And yeah, it's you know, it's so nice being able to run the two side by side. I think management were a bit like, okay, so this is both happening at the same weekend. But it's given me a real like hunger for it all and just yeah. loving it. But also, I mean, so how long are you doing it for? How long are you doing it for? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Do, you, so, oh, you could do that. Perfect. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect timing. But I was talking to Jake Shears earlier about how you know how do you get ready for this because you know you're recording, you're planning, da da da. But suddenly doing performances, it's a totally different ball game. Uh, yeah. do, do you have a, a routine, a way of getting kind of match fit? I think when it's my music, so with sort of going out and gigging, as in the songs I know they're so embedded in you especially like with the greatest hits yeah and i re-recorded a lot of the new eternal songs which was lovely to go and do just a step from heaven and stay like some real old classics and i re-recorded a lot of my so i reimagined a lot of my songs so they're so in the body years i mean 30 yeah. years i've been even though i didn't do the lead vocal and stay i mean i had big boots to fill when it comes to trying to do those lead vocals after Esther but um, they're in your, your bones but when you go on to you know do a West End show it's very new you're not in it it takes you a while to sort of feel your way through it so um, yeah I did, for me it's about the people I surround myself with and yeah. I think like anyone would say no matter what your job is what you do it's a bit of self-belief you and also I always think when you're nervous backstage or doing something, I always tell myself you've chosen to do this. I know, yeah. <laughs> no one made you. Yeah, no. This is. I stood at the top of the stairs last night and I sort of appear in this staircase with these big wings, and I was looking back and I was just all I was envisaging was Beyonce. Right, she would not get nervous. I was honestly thinking, I wonder if Beyonce gets nervous. I was thinking, I bet she doesn't. I bet she gets no nerves. I was thinking she would not get nervous. She would not get nervous. Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce. <laughs> yeah. 
years. You know? yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and when the eight weeks are up, are you going to be doing some uh, gigs as Louise? Yes. So eight weeks there and then through the summer festivals, um, lots of promo bits going on right throughout the year, really. With the greatest hits, the lots, yeah. lots coming up. And the the show you did on Thursday was that just a one off? Because I know that was more of a it was you were in conversation uh, and you were you were you know yeah. I, I guess did, was it kind of from your book and things like that? Do you and, know, it was so nice. The idea came about. I did the Kate Thornton White Wine podcast, oh, and yeah. it was such a nice sort of thing to do. And um, I know I've known Kate for years when she was you know at Smash Hits, yeah, 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 and. Um, we just did it where we went through the decades. So she kind of, every now and again, she'd come on stage and we'd do a little chat about sort of the things we spoke about on her podcast, just talking about, you know, why these songs come about, leaving Eternal, going into it on my own, taking a massive break to go and be a mum, you know, finding the the nerve to come back after yeah. all of those years and do the Heavy Love album. And yeah, so we just went through, it was like a real honest chat with all the music thrown in. So it really worked. I think the audience, it was quite a personable night. Well, and also I'm thinking as a fan, I would find that really interesting to have that plus the music. Would you ever tour that as a show? Do you know, it really did work. I wasn't sure how it was going to go down because I didn't want the lull in the music, you know, like when you have a real yeah, yeah, vibe yeah, yeah, night yeah. and then you sit down. But... I think I was so lucky. The fans were sort of so invested in the story. And we went right back to the beginning. So See, people would have loved that. And people could actually sit down. So if you were of a certain <laughs> age, you didn't have to stand up all well, now night. You're, now you're talking, Louise. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, gin and tonic, well sat down, listening to a nice ballad. But then at the end, we sort of had a big sort of 35-minute, like, full of bangers. All the big hits just yeah, kept yeah, coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've got the best band in the world. So, you know, they just lifted the roof it tore that do you know it really did work it, it did work and yeah and I had Kelly come out Eternal Kelly she came out and sung Crazy with me Aww. Michelle Girl come out and sung Sweetness so we really were like hit the 90s big time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh fantastic yeah it's yeah. good and 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 the, the people in that audience when you look out at them did, did you kind of think oh these are from this era these are from this era or it was just kind of you know a sea of faces do you know I think so many of the people there have been there from the beginning. There's a lot of faces that I recognise from those first Eternal gigs that are still there now, that are all kind of, I, I sort of outside, I'd bu sort of bump into a bunch of them and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to be 40 next week or, you know, it's my 39th birthday today. And so I was like, they're right at that prime age where they literally did follow Eternal from being teenagers. Isn't that, I love I that. I love that. I remember I went yeah. to see, a, like, and the, they were much older, a Bananarama gig. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and sort of like, everyone was my age. Yeah. And it was a but we were looking at these women on stage yeah, and it was so all nice. reflected back at each other, yeah. And it's the familiarity of it all. Like, it's a real comfort blanket when you look out and there's nothing but goodwill in that room, yeah. which I feel like I sung my heart out. I feel that every word was just flying because there was such a lot of goodwill. I did have the time of my life. I mean, because we were going through the pictures. They always get a photographer down there and they're like, what pictures can we give to the press? So I was just flicking through. I was like, none of them because I'm having <laughs> such a good time. I look horrendous. I will be single forever if I put these pictures out because I look crazy. <laughs> and you were talking about your kids during the record. We were talking about your kids. When they listened to the Greatest Hits album, like, do they know all these songs or are they listening no. and they're kind of going, come on, this is quite good. We did one section in the show where we did fans' favourites. So I rehearsed the band 
to you know we did over 30 songs so people could request their favorites from the albums yeah, yeah, yeah. so they could say you know random songs so um there was some the kids had never heard like the newer ones they've heard but the, the old ones and a couple of like things like naked and let's go around again but yeah. some of the others they've never heard them. they're like i didn't even know you sung that <laughs> Uh, let's just remind everybody that the uh, Greatest Hits album is out now. It came out yesterday. And uh, and check out, uh, is there a, a website people can do um, live gigs? You can gigs? download it on iTunes, Amazon, and all those places. Oh, oh, Townsend. Townsend. Yeah, Townsend. I'm getting looked at. At the official website. I'm so useless at plugging. I'm going to get so told off when I leave here. Like, did you not rehearse yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> should be Townsend. like riding a bike. Townsend, be... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go there. Uh, thank you so much for coming in to see us. Thank uh, you so thank much. Thank you so much, Louise. Take care. Still to come, there's a round of Word Up. And Catherine Parkinson pops in to fill us in on the new ITVX romantic comedy, Significant Other. But first, ding, ding. Hello, Martha. Hello. So uh, today we are celebrating Pride with food. We are. We've got John Waits celebratory menu. He's got, I think, six recipes in this week's Waitrose Weekend. Oh, yes. All about celebrating, all about coming together as community. Like party food. Party food. Everything's very colourful. There is, here's a forewarning, there's no food colouring. Oh, come on. Which is rare. What's pride without food colouring? (laughs) (laughs) I think John had had enough and he thought, let's use vegetables in nature and foods that are, he calls them zingy and sparkly foods. We're moving on. We're moving on. And I agree. Yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> that, that was old pride. This is new pride. I have to say this was much easier to put together than the layered <laughs> rainbow cake from the years gone by. That was very impressive though. <laughs> uh, so what uh, specifically have you made for us today? So this is sweet potato and goat cheese quesadilla. Okay. It's a part of a buffet spread. It does look lovely. It's very zingy. Mm. There's lots of kind of greens and yellows and things. Uh, I, I Already I'm nervous. Did you make these quesadillas yourself? <laughs> well, I made, I put together the quesadilla. Okay. But I didn't make the wraps myself. Oh, okay, No, good. if you're throwing a party, you don't want to be... No one's going to ask you, oh, did you make these wraps yourself? <laughs> Are they? And you, Unless, you've got to take the credit. The, no, the only reason, <laughs> if they're terrible, someone will go, did yeah. you make these yourself? Is <laughs> they're a bit dry? because <laughs> yeah, uh, they've fallen apart in my hand like dust. Uh, yeah. No, so we're using Waitrose wholemeal tortilla wraps and, yes, filling them with all sorts of lovely... Vibrant flavours. And in terms of serving them, are these, I mean, hopefully they can be cold because they've been on that trolley for some time. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they'll be quite warm, do you know? Oh, okay. These have just popped out fresh. Oh, okay. All right, Martha, sorry. No, don't worry. You've got to have that melt. A a cold quesadilla, you just... No. Okay, so you so you can't... Like, you couldn't put these in a backpack and then have them halfway through a Pride March. I mean... You, you could, but I would say they're probably best served at home. <laughs> OK, so at the end of the March or the beginning of the March? Yeah. Not, not, not during. I think so. I yeah. guess you could just take the inspiration and use it as a wrap, like, and roll it up into a wrap. That'd be oh. a bit more portable. These, yes. these are a little, they may fall apart. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yes, they're a bit... Uh, a triangle shape. A bit folly aparty. Uh, and these, so the Waitress Weekend newspaper, he's got John Waite's Pride menu with all of these things like a rainbow salad and... Yes, their salad looks amazing, actually. And then we've got something sweet coming tomorrow from the menu, so I won't give you the spoilers oh, for that. Don't, don't tell me! <laughs> don't spoil it! Don't, don't, don't. Uh, all right, look, I'll uh, I'll get my uh, uh, chops around these uh, sweet potato and goat's cheese quesadillas and then we'll find out exactly how we make them. Uh, so, Martha, uh, what do we do? What do we do? How, 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 how do we do it? So we're going to start with our sweet potatoes. What you want to do is take these and cut them as thin as you can. So if you've got one of those like fancy mandolin slices. <gasps> now, are they dangerous? Go in with that. I mean, they can be. 
Okay, that's so, why I don't. That's why I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> you need a little guard or a glove. Mm-hmm. They have those like chain link gloves. Oh yes, the is that what I don't have one of those, but you know, I have a little guard. Ooh. I just have my mother's voice in my head because when I was a te- teenager training. Yeah. She'd be like, are you using a guard? Are you using a guard? Because she'd walk in the kitchen, I'd be there, I don't need one. Oh, yeah, suddenly. But thankfully, oh. I've still got all my fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any excuse to buy one of those chainmail gloves. I know, maybe I should get my hands yeah. on them. Anyway, sorry, we've got all the dishes. We digress, we digress. <laughs> so you want your sweet potato cut nice and finely. This is just so it doesn't take that long in the oven. We're going to spread that over a tray, grate over a lime zest, sprinkle with some salt and some olive oil, then it goes into the oven for about 15 minutes just until they're nice and tender. Whilst that's happening we're going to prepare all of our other ingredients so it's a really easy throw together job to be honest we're taking some number one cave aged goat's cheese crumbling that up you want some jalapenos if you like those yeah they're optional apparently so if you don't like spice you can leave them out then we've got chipotle paste which is kind of the glue that holds everything together yeah nice once your sweet potato is nice and soft we're taking these wholemeal wraps spreading half of them with the chipotle paste then putting on the goat's cheese the chipotle the jalapenos spread the sweet potatoes over the top, fold them down, and then this is a good idea because normally when you make quesadillas, it's kind of a, or for me anyway, it's like, oh, it's 9.30, we haven't had dinner, what are we doing? Quickly get a frying pan out, bang in a tortilla wrap, put everything in. But it's hard to do them en masse because they're good to eat warm straight away. So for a party, John has a great idea of just getting your baking tray, folding them all in half, so they're kind of, what do you call that? closed stuck together and then they get baked for 15 minutes they go a little bit crispy but all the fillings melt and it means you can do 10 at once Uh, may I also suggest microwave (laughs) you could microwave if you put in the whole packet into the microwave it works it works the whole packet of wraps yeah you just puncture the plastic shove it in there and they kind of heat themselves whatever moisture is in there it heats the whole thing yeah. That'd be good. If you're feeding people who like really soft yeah, yeah, yeah. food, do that. If you want a bit of crisp and also, if it doesn't work, don't come for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just the presenter. The chef did not suggest people that. People came for me when you suggested doing the poached egg in the microwave. Oh, I've was that... many messages of people with exploded eggs. Well, they got it wrong. <laughs> I blamed you. <laughs> they got it wrong. <laughs> now they know. It's, I did say it was trial and error, <laughs> you know, because every microwave is different. <laughs> Um, anyway, once your tortillas are in the oven, they get nice and crispy, the cheese melts, everything is gooey. Take them out, chop them into thirds, squeeze a lime juice, bit of coriander, and they look great. Oh, and it's pride all the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they put a flag next to them. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, put some into the pride. Actually, yes, Martha, come on. That would have been a lovely Sorry. suggestion. A couple of some little pride flags stuck in the quesadillas. That would be lovely. And that recipe uh, is in the Waitrose Weekend newspaper as part of John Waits' Pride menu. But also, you could get it at the Waitrose Hub, waitrose.com slash showchef. And you can get that recipe and all the recipes prepared by Martha. And if you want to see the visuals, check out our socials at Virgin Radio UK. Sweet potato and goat cheese quesadilla. Thank you so much. I look forward to the uh, sweet uh, treat tomorrow. Martha. And now, oh, look who's here, complete with trolley. It's Martha Collison, show chef. Hello. Hello. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to you. I've got some sweet treats. You do. And this is part of John Waite's Pride menu. It is the part two. And this is all featured in the weekend paper. It is in the paper. You can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> me rustling through it. <laughs> Not the magazine, the paper. The paper. Uh, yesterday we had uh, quesadillas. Uh, yes. Uh, full of pride. And uh, so what? <laughs> 
What is our sweet pride treat? So we are having pineapple and coconut macaroon cakes. <gasps> Get out of town. Macaroon cupcakes, even. Well, I was going to say, uh, th- uh, we <laughs> should stress, these are individual little cakes. They are. They are little cupcakes, and they are... They're quite a revelation, to be honest. I feel like John has done something here that many bakers aspire to, which is create something brand new. (gasps) (laughs) Like something I've never seen before. I've never baked a recipe for. Is it something you'd like to see again? I I mean, you can be the judge of that when you try it. I've never seen this before. (laughs) We will be be the judges as we taste this recipe. A roadkill cookbook. (laughs) Mmm, lovely. Uh, (laughs) So he's basically taken an English coconut macaroon i know the thing and baked it on top of a pineapple cupcake but they bake at the same time in the oven so instead of having to make an icing for your cupcake you just put it all in at once and it comes out looking oh, like a cupcake oh, i thought that was icing yeah, oh no, see that's no. the macaroon it's been baked on top it's so clever i mean in fairness that is clever yeah yeah and and so and do you put them in the oven in those casings yes so the, so it basically comes out of the oven looking like that looking well, I mean, like a cupcake you, you put some decoration on. i've obviously. drizzled a little little bit of dark chocolate and then a little bit of dried pineapple but I yeah mean, it's... you've had you've had 24 hours to buy some pride flags but no <laughs> nothing nothing sorry <laughs> There's a big picture of the uh, rainbow cake next to the cupcakes oh, in the papers. Oh, there we Oh, yes, there it is. <laughs> you can yes, see it. yes. So uh, you can make your choice. You can say, do we want something a bit understated just for the neighbours? Do we want to go big? And you can make the price. It'll cake. be online. You'll find that recipe <laughs> online. Uh, well, I'm glad you're so impressed by these. But again, so now, because I was going to say, when I thought that bit on top was kind of soft, gooey stuff, I was going to say, well, again, you can't put these in a backpack and bring them to the Pride March. But actually, these you probably could. You could you could definitely try. Okay, you no, that's a firm <laughs> no from try. Martha. I feel like cupcakes are one of those things that never travel well. Okay. You want to make a loaf, like a loaf cake if you're backpacking it. Okay, like cheap wine. <laughs> it doesn't travel well. Okay. Uh, so tell me again what they're called. So they're pineapple and coconut macaroon cupcakes. They're not macaron, which is a little French fancy patisserie almond biscuit which are are also delicious this is the english macaroon it's the sort of thing you get at a church fete yes with the rice (laughs) with a bit of rice paper on the bottom yes oh yeah you always eat (laughs) what is that oh it's rice paper yeah so no rice paper here because it can stick to the to the bun sticks on the cake yeah so they look they have a little bit more of a rustic look about them if you were rather than piping the icing but it is nice that they all go in at once i feel you're underselling them when people see these on the socials at virgin radio uk i think they'll be very very impressed uh, Martha Collison, you're quite right. These do not travel well. It didn't travel well from over there yes. to here. <laughs> it's literally all over your hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, I look like I've been in an accident. Um, but delicious. A delicious accident. Very nice. Yes, I'm on a sugar high. So uh, tell us all about it. How do we begin? So we are going to start with that kind of English macaroon topping. So for okay. that, we need an egg white. We're whisking it until it's stiff. And then we're mixing in caster sugar. It's basically making a meringue. And then once that is all lovely and glossy, we are folding through desiccated coconut. And then you set that to one side whilst you make the batter for the cake. Now, the cake batter utilises the Nutribullet or a smoothie maker in a way which I really like, which is not to make a healthy smoothie, which is to make a cupcake. (laughs) And every gay household has a Nutribullet. (laughs) Everyone's got one. We're safe. They have them. Yeah. (laughs) 
I wondered what made it prideful. It's the Nutribullet. Yeah. It's the blender. <laughs> I'm all for using a blender to make something that's not a smoothie. So mm. you want to buck basically all your ingredients. So it's got a can of pineapple in there. So the actual whole chunks go in with a little bit of the juice, with some oil, milk, eggs and sugar. And it's worth noting this recipe makes six. So you can use a small Nutribullet. You wouldn't, if you double it up, you might want to use a big food processor. But because it's okay. just a little six cupcake recipe. Yeah. You can use a small one. Blitz it till it's nice and smooth. Then we're going to mix that all together with some plain flour, baking powder and a little bit of salt because we're using oil rather than butter. You want to add a little salt just to balance the flavours. That's your batter done. So then we're going to divide it between six cupcake cases in a muffin tin and then you dollop this coconut macaroon mixture on the top of that. And you think, oh no, is it going to sink? But it doesn't. It floats on top, like a little island. And then it goes into the oven, 20 to 25 minutes, and the cake will blossom up you get this lovely little crisp little hat of meringue or this coconut macaroon and then once they're out of the oven and cooled down a little bit drizzled with a bit of dark chocolate and a little bit of this lovely dried pineapple which is i think urban fruit make this but it's really tangy and kind of looks quite like a little bit like a flower on top no it's gorgeous you know from a chemistry point of view i don't know how this works you would think the macaroon would cook so much faster Mm. than the cupcake i know he says he was once he was once making, as you do, coconut macaroons and cupcakes, and he thought, well, I'm just going to try this together, and it works. Hats well, off to him. Hats off to him. <laughs> yeah, flags off to him. Uh, well done, John Waite, with your uh, pineapple... What is it? Pineapple and something? Pineapple and coconut macaroon Coconut macaroon, of course. Coconut macaroon. How could I forget? <laughs> How could I forget? And you've put them in some nice, colourful uh, cupcake cases. These are, yeah, lovely little waitress cupcake cases. There's yellow, green and pink. Nearly all the colours of the other uh, <laughs> Not quite. You can get a Sharpie and do the rest <laughs> on there. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that recipe. If people would like to see it, it is, of course, on the hub. Waitrose.com slash showchef. We can find this and all of Martha's recipes. It's also in the weekend newspaper. Uh, will that still be in shops today? It probably is. Oh, yeah. It's normally around till about Wednesday. Oh, then they, then they then, bring out the yeah, next one. Yeah, then. Well, you don't want to make it then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, of course, the visuals are on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. I'm joined by my guest, Catherine Parkinson. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. Nice to see you in the flesh, as it were. We've Zoomed. Yes, we have Zoomed. I was tie-dyeing the last time I spoke to you. Uh, I think it was during the pandemic when people, got, when people rediscovered the joy of tie-dyeing. Yeah. I don't know what happened to those tie-dyed I was going to say, you're not sporting any of it today. And it's no. a lovely sunny day, ideal for tie-dyeing. No, I know, yeah. I know. Probably a good thing. Uh, so listen, I was, I was telling the listeners you were coming on earlier and I was trying to describe Significant Other of the show. And so there are half-hour episodes. It's not... I mean, it's 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 not a pure sitcom. Is it a rom-com, would you say? Is it a rom-com? I think it is a rom-com, probably. I mean, it's like an anti-rom-com, isn't it? Because it's so sort of unromantic, but, you know, sort of ultimately romantic, yeah. I hope. Well, let's talk about the, the, the premise, the beginning. So it's a very bleak... <laughs> It's a very bleak start for any any show that you think yeah. might raise a smile somewhere along the line. Uh, tell us what happens at the beginning, yes. who you are and what so happens. So Yusuf Kirkall, who plays Sam, is in a bad place and takes uh, lots of pills and then lies down and then writes a sort of petulant note to his wife saying, look what you've made me do, sort of thing. And then wait, you know, as he lies down and the sort of pills take hold there's a knock at the door and it's his neighbor in this block of flats in this kind of urban 
metropolis and she's having a heart attack and the ambulance has said you have to wait with someone um and so it's it's that's the meet cute they call it i've only just learned that phrase meet cute and it's uh, it's sort of downhill from there <laughs> isn't it so weird i saw that phrase and i think a review of it yesterday and i was like what's meet cute oh i'm pleased you didn't know what it was no. either yeah. Meet cute. So that's the the bit of a rom com when the cute meet, I suppose. Okay, okay. <laughs> cute meet cute. I don't know. Um, and it struck me watching it because it never gets depressing. It never gets. No, I don't think it does. That dark. <laughs> and and I was wondering how because there, there's a scene you know when you you're both in hospital and you're outside uh, in your dressing gowns da, 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 da. and I was struck that this could be from a really depressing drama. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just wonder, as an actor, are you aware of keeping it light, if you know what I mean? I think I had great sort of synergy with Yusef Kirkhoff from the start, and I knew the director as well, and I think we always seemed to... Yusef was saying we lent into the romance of it rather than the comedy, so I think the connection is there from the start. I think that's what stops it being depressing, because it should be depressing on paper. <laughs> and then, you know, sort of later on, they have sort of... They get together intimately very briefly and then he gets a hoover out and I think because it's sort of very surprisingly honest I find it very bleakly funny and but also you know ultimately I think it, it, it's not depressing because they have a real connection I think I think that's why it's and when you say the refreshing honesty it's like there's a sequence in that same scene where he's not intending to be, but he's very rude to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he often is. And then, like, you know, I think he accidentally whacks me in the face in the second episode and I'm there with a bloodied face and he's just talking about himself and he's really... I think they're properly flawed people. Quite often in rom-coms, rom you know, you know that they're right for each other and I'm not convinced that they are right for each other. And I think that's very interesting. And older people who've been battered around a bit, I find older romance more interesting than the yeah, younger stuff. Yeah, been around yeah, the block. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is just by the by. How tall is Joseph? <laughs> because you are not a short no, woman. <laughs> and you look tray tray petite beside him. <laughs> I, I did ask that a very large man be opposite me just for that reason. Oddly, I'm filming with somebody else at the moment who is also very tall as my husband. So I think people are going to think I'm, I'm four foot. I'm, which would be fine, but I'm not. No, I'm five foot five. <laughs> okay, and so he must Probably be what seven feet. <laughs> I, I think he is. He's a he's a tall. Yeah, yeah. he's a giant. Yes. Really. Yeah. And I mean, is it wrong? I really like feeling sort of. It makes me feel so much more feminine, Graham. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. I need that. <laughs> and, and this is it's an interesting kind of uh, way that this show came about because it's based on an Israeli show. Mm. Yeah. It's it's it's. Um, it's a it's an Israeli show written by Dan, Dana Modan, who's in it as well, and it's uh, uh, tonally because I watched it at the end. It is it they play it sort of really realistically, and I think me and Yusuf with sort of instinctively did a slightly more British kind of slightly, um, oh sort of slightly mm, warmer maybe, uh, and I think I. I think I think both are very uh, brilliant, but I, I hope that ours is a little bit better. more. <laughs> no, no, <it's> not, <laughs> 
much, much better. I hope ours stands alone and independent and different and better suited for uh, British audiences. But it must have been so weird for uh, Dana, the writer, to be in it and kind of be around, like, kind of like, this is the same, but it's different. I that know, must I know. And that's experience. why, because I sort of think, why would we do it if we weren't going to sort of slightly reinvent it and make it slightly uh, um, more for British audiences? But when I, I when I watched the Israeli version, I was extremely intimidated. <laughs> Oh my god! So I'm pleased I watched it at the end because I think when you do adaptations of you know whenever you do something that's been done before, which I've done, I did with humans. Don't watch the original; it'll just yeah. make you not want to come on to set. I mean, but it also, <laughs> do what makes me think Israeli television must be great. I think it is. At that show, Hull Raisers is based on an Israeli comedy, which I watched as well. It's very and the good. The Brian Cranston one about the judge—that's yes. an Israeli show. Yeah, I think it's quite up our street, Israeli stuff. Yeah, and mm. have you watched any of Tehran? No, but I've heard about that. It's really yes, good. Really, yes. really good. Yes. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about you, what, Catherine. What I'm saying is watch the original. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't watch the original. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I urge you all. Watch that. So uh, this, by the way, we should tell people how to watch Significant Other. It is uh, dropping on ITVX. You heard me, Catherine. It's dropping on ITVX uh, this Thursday, all episodes. So will it be on the, the old-fashioned telly at all? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I but, hope so. But it's definitely it's definitely dropping on the ITVX. It's dropping, yeah. There's an app for that. Uh, that'll be on Thursday. Uh, how many episodes are there? There are six. Okay. Um, now, we should say you are currently filming something that... I mean, I know all the hype right now is about the Barbie movie coming out, but I think once the excitement of that dies down, we're moving on to... The rivals, <sighs> yeah, or just rivals, indeed. Mm, no, yeah. the, the, the no, I silent. said the rivals for a while, but no, rivals, yeah. Jilly Cooper, legend, who's been around on set a lot. And oh, um, has she been there? Yeah. Oh, I love her. Oh, gosh, I love her. Yeah, she's everything you want her to be, and um, it's great to have her there because uh, the idea of making it and then her seeing it and and hating it is awful. So she's completely, you know, involved. And, and this is and, Disney Plus, and they've just rattled a big actor tree and they've got I mean there's so many amazing people in this show no I know and and they're all a lot of fun and it's it's one of those I've only had it in theatre companies before we have a big company and you all really get on and but we're it's kind of that's going on so that's really nice and um you know everyone's really there isn't you know a single one that isn't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really fun and does that make you slightly get the fear yeah, I mean, because we've done a lot of the group scenes and, and then you go, oh, my God, what am I going to do when I have to sort of do acting with just sort of one person? But um, Boring. Uh, bo- <laughs> but, but no, a lot of my stuff with Danny Dyer, so it definitely oh, wow. isn't going to be boring. Wow. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> yes. Just yes. So it's you, Danny Dyer, David Tennant's in it. Uh, I, can't, yeah. I can't remember. I don't, I don't sleep with them all. It's, yeah, yeah. That just... <laughs> Because Jilly Cooper, I interviewed Jilly Cooper not that long ago. Uh, I was doing a book club, and we chose someone had chosen Riders, which mm. is the f- before, mm. book before That's Rivals, right. I think. Yeah. And Jilly Cooper had gone back to read it in order to do this interview, and she was so sort of shocked <laughs> by what was in that book. Yeah. So is she equally prudish around the set of Rivals? I no. I mean, I just think she it, she's so. I, I, what I didn't realise going back to the books is just how good some of the how good some of the comic characterizations are and the the com, you know the commentary on class and all the rest of it. 
And I just think we, she, her books are so famous, aren't they? I mean, I can't think of a house that I was ever in growing up that yeah. didn't have that famous book cover. And she just wears that very lightly, you know, because I'd walk, you, know, you expect her to walk around with sort of a yeah. kind of mink coat on. And But also I love that she hot, chose so. a look. She chose a look <laughs> in about 1972 and that's it. That's brand that's what chili. I've done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's simple. And do you have to get on a horse? Oh, sadly not. Do you know, I'd love to get on a horse, um, but I'm sort of playing the Jilly Cooper part. I'm the writer, so I did have a bit of touch typing uh, lessons, which <laughs> I think you'll see when you watch it. Always really come in handy. Never, those skills, well, you have them for life. I didn't get riding. I got touch typing. <laughs> but are you around horses? No. No, not really. There have been there's been loads of horses. There's been loads of <laughs> there's been loads of garden parties and but no, I'm um uh lots of walking in the countryside. Um it's it's just yeah. And are you nearly done? No, I'm I've done the first bit. I I'm doing it until September. Wow. And is this your first filming kind of post COVID? No, I mean I filmed God, it's all a bit of a blur, isn't it? But I've 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 I I filmed I went to Australia during COVID and Really? And filmed a sitcom where, yeah. <laughs> but, but no one could go to Australia. I broke the rules, Gwen. <laughs> yeah. Comedy, comedy, it turns out comedy is very important. Here I come. Because uh, no, I just noticed on Significant Other, uh, the, the, I'm in the, you know, the credity bit, there was someone in charge of COVID protocols and yes, stuff. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I uh, there was a stage where we were sort of rehearsing with masks on, taking them off, and but but the the COVID protocols, you know, obviously testing all the time, and yeah, there, it, it was still an, an issue. Is but uh, um, it sort of feels like it's going to be yes, with I, us for a while. Yeah, I, it's there's there's no real logic to it anymore. <laughs> Was there ever? <laughs> uh, significant Other. Significant Other starring Catherine Parkinson is released this Thursday, the 8th of June, and uh, all success episodes will be available to stream on ITVX. And do check it out, because it is, it's a really, I think you guys have done such a kind of delicate, clever job with it. It's really beautiful and sweet and funny. And I imagine, later down the line, romantic. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've only seen, watched in one episode, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know yet. But yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, yeah. I'm guessing. Uh, thank you so much for coming in to see us. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Catherine. Thank you very much. Bye. Come on, baby, tell me what's the word up, word up. It's happening. Yes, our competition word up is back. Your chance to win a Graham Norton Waitrose gift box, including a reusable drinks cup in racing green. It's ever so stylish. Uh, Waitrose brew champagne, number one salted caramel truffles, number one uh, aged balsamic vinegar on Modena. It's a good thing. It's a good prize. And now, you are looking for the missing word in a clip of a Sophie Ellis Bexter song. Let's find out who's playing. Uh, Lucy is on the line, I believe. Hi, Lucy. Good morning, Graham. Afternoon now, actually. Well spotted. <laughs> hey, uh, where are you, Lucy? Um, I'm in Worcester Services at the moment, just grabbing something to drink before we head back home after a family wedding. Oh, lotly. Where's home? Um, in the Cotswolds. We're very lucky. Very uh, beautiful. You hurry home because it's a gorgeous day. And uh, where, where was the wedding? The wedding was in Shropshire, so near Telford. All right. And a good time was had by all? Uh, very good. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, heads are a bit sore this morning. I was going to say, well done you for being on the radio and <laughs> having the gumption to get the number in and call. Uh, are you a big fan of Sophie Ellis-Bexter? Um, I like lots of music and it's certainly one that um, I would sing along to, definitely. Are you a politician, Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm a midwife. <laughs> Very good. No babies were offended. Uh, all right. Uh, I've got to play the clip. And what you have to do okay. is you have to guess the missing word. Okay, good luck to Lucy. Here it comes. Okay. Better not kill the... Better not kill the groove. DJ gonna back, goddamn house down. Do, 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 do. Better not kill the groove. Okay, let's see if you're right. But you better not kill the groove. Oh, fantastic. How nice is that? Oh, ah, brilliant. I know, a family wedding. Uh, you live in the Cotswolds, you're a midwife, and now you're the proud owner of a Waitrose gift box with all those goodies inside it. Congratulations. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much. That's made my day. Oh, would you like to say hello to anybody while you're on the uh, radio? Oh, well, the whole week family who got married. So that would be amazing. Yeah, everybody who was there last night, that would be great. Everybody's driving home probably. So hi, everyone. Thanks for a lovely weekend. <laughs> Uh, marvellous thank you very much who were the happy couple by the way what are they called Um, Charlotte and Ben alright congratulations to Charlotte and Ben and thank you so much for playing Lucy and uh, yeah go back to your charmed life in the Cotswolds now how lovely alright take care of yourself thanks for playing bye 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 bye. oh we love a winner and that is Lucy she is a winner Uh, congratulations to her that Graham Norton the Joe's gift box is winging its way to her well, thank you very much indeed for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Follow us at Virgin Radio UK on socials to keep up to date, and I'm sure I'll be speaking to you very soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.